contains mature subject matter. Including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillies, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. Viewer discretion advised. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. <laughs> I'll give you a choice. I could put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. You maniacs! What is a man? When we are successful, we will be. We had a real chance with this order. Welcome back to episode 35 of Behind the Schemes, where someday we aim to be halfway as decent as a black and white tabloid. We got Booberry and Monty here tonight. How you doing, Monty? I am doing excellent, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing. Uh, we've definitely definitely had a rocky week. We lost one of our cats here, and it was a shitty and traumatic experience that I hope... Uh-huh. Uh, never ever happens again, but that's quite impossible. Um, I'm sorry to hear that, man. How'd he go or she go? Uh, he just had a series of, um, I would say medical mishaps sort of, uh, directed by the clinic that we had taken him to. And, um, it's just, it's, we could have caught some, uh, some cancer, and, but, uh, they, they waited a week to draw any blood for him. And in the meantime, gave him a bunch of antibiotics were which wouldn't have helped the cancer at all. And it just made him super nauseous and then he wouldn't eat and it just, everything spiraled out of control from there. Thanks. Um, so, uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Green room. And if you're listening live, 
You can go to behindtheschemes.com slash greenroom, hang out in our IRC chat. Um, but I, I do appreciate the uh, condolences, y'all. Um, but, you know, after all that said and done, he was a really good boy. So we got that to, to sit with, you know? Absolutely, man. He's in a better place now. Suffering's over. Yep. Um, let's see. Did you like the little theme song that I found there? I did. I actually was bopping to it. (laughs) Do you, uh, do you remember the, uh, weekly world news? It was that black and white tabloid zine. I actually don't uh, recollect that one. Like uh, wait, around what time did it take place? Uh, I definitely saw, uh, tons of them as a kid. You you would find them in like grocery stores and stuff like that. And it's, uh, Elvis spotted running around here with, um, gray alien and bat boy and the, um, like crocodiles and the sewer systems and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like real hokey tabloid, supernatural, uh, cryptid sightings, bat boys in there. Bat boys. Yeah. That's where, uh, that's where bat boy originated from. Uh, that's a, that's different from Mothman, right? Yes. Okay. Just, just make sure. Yeah, cause, 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 cause Mothman's real man. <laughs> he's out, he's out here somewhere. <laughs> I see him. I swear. You're talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I guess I guess technically he would have more of a App- Appalachian accent. Uh, I was like, is he Mothman or Batman? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mothman. <laughs> I'm not wearing hockey pants. <laughs> I'm small, black, and fuzzy. <laughs> Where's your parents? <laughs> Did I ever tell you about one of the superheroes of my musical? I was going to call him the Criticalizer with the tagline, let's put the critical back in condition. And his character archetype was a mix between Punisher and Batman. But he, as a kid, he wanted to be a superhero. So he paid a, 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 a bad guy to shoot both of his parents. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so that he would have the motivation to become a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, committed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, not sure how I feel about it yet. I'll let you know. Nice. <laughs> we, uh, to start the show off, I've been trying to, uh, trying a new thing, drawing a tarot card. Would you like to hear mm-hmm. what tonight's tarot card is? Yeah. It's the star card, uh, courage, hope, inspiration, gifts of the spirit, health will improve, unselfish aid, great love will be given and received insight into the meanings of life and no destruction is final. If the star falls in the seeker's future, he will experience many good things, but the cards surrounding it will indicate which will be most important to him. I only drew the one, so we don't have to worry about it for tonight. Uh, Health will improve. There will be new friendships. The old ones will deepen. A true love will develop that could lead to marriage. In his business or profession, unselfish aid will be given to the seeker by those around him. If the card falls in the past, again, we don't have to worry about that because we're not doing a three-card spread. Um... He's already had the aid, so on and so forth. And um, this is the card of meditation, showing us that meditation modifies and changes, transmutes the personal expressions of cosmic energy as it pours down upon us. If we will but listen, the truth will unveil itself in the silence. Well, good thing for us on this show, there's only awkward pauses. And truth. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well, um, oh, let me take a picture of that. I'll post it somewhere so y'all can check out. It's a pretty cool little deck gifted to me. Um, boop. Get some star action. Uh, so for tonight's first story, it's out of the weird category, or excuse me, weird stories category. 
Monty, when, when was the last time you had to fuck with some rabbit ears? Uh, oh God, that was at least uh, mid-early 90s. I was probably, yeah, about five. It was my grandmother's television. Oh, yeah. Did you ever have to do anything uh, sort of spooky or sort of like uh, <laughs> ritualistic? Hold one I mean, foot up I in the air. I tried wrapping them in tinfoil, but that was about as creative as I got. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, are you talking about in relation to rabbit ears or just in general? Uh, just more of a joke, on you know, in general. <laughs> the the memory is you got to hold one foot up in the air and and make sure that you're touching the uh, toaster or something. Yeah, okay, yeah, so something like that. No, I never had any uh, rituals, but I I, I could I imagine everyone's got their own uh, method to fixing signals. <laughs> uh, I used to have a next time. I used to call it uh, dipping it in the service bucket. If you just scoop your phone down, you'll get reception again. <laughs> <laughs> you got to code it real good, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, well, okay. So I had thought that all of the analog stations switched over to digital back in. Uh, uh, 2011, 2014, mm-hmm. sometime earlier, beginning of this decade. But um, it turns out that there's still a couple of uh, uh, broadcast stations that will broadcast an analog. And I got a series of clips here of this dude talking about it. Hey, everyone, it's Tyler, the Antenna Man. And today I'm going to show you some of the last analog TV stations still on the air in the United States. Many of you may think that analog TV has been gone since the digital transition of 2009. That's not exactly the case. I took a trip to upstate New York to locate some of these analog TV stations still on the air. How can this be? Are these TV stations even legal? Stay tuned to find out. (laughs) So I was uh, definitely, this uh, video definitely caught my interest. Um, I haven't fucked with any sort of... uh, signal like that probably since i was living in virginia the second time around um and i was off by a couple of years i i I said 2011 2014 he says 2009 so second clip gets into where he headed to find this shit while most low-powered tv stations transitioned to digital several years ago there are still some that are broadcasting an analog Many on VHF Channel 6 as radio stations or Franken-FMs. The audio portion of an analog TV station that broadcasts on Channel 6 is 87.7 on the radio dial. That's why some of you may remember being able to hear your local Channel 6 on the radio several years ago. It's the same concept, except these stations are strictly operating as a radio station with very limited video content. Okay, I fucked it up. <laughs> that that was the explanation of who's uh, broadcasting and uh, where they're broadcast. Excuse me, or what frequency they're broadcasting at. I think this is the uh, location. I took a trip to locate some of these analog stations that are still on the air. To plan it took some research. I looked up low-power TV stations in states around me and saw several in New York. Most of the TV stations already had transitioned to digital, but some of these stations still had analog call letters. I knew my trip would be hit or miss. A lot of times, the FCC filings of a TV station aren't up to date. Analog call letters may be used, but the station could have turned off that signal long ago. It's a risk I was willing to take. I first traveled to Binghamton, New York. According to Wikipedia and the FCC database, 
Two analog TV stations were there. WBPN LP broadcasting as a My Network TV affiliate on channel 10, and WXXW LP broadcasting as a Franken FM with an urban oldies format. Franken FM would be a fantastic band name. Yeah, actually, really would. It rolls off the tongue really well. Or like a like a uh, DJ name, maybe. <laughs> DJ Franken FM. Yeah, I could I could do it. Yeah, yeah, it works. You could do it. Frank in FM. Franken yo FM. <laughs> uh, I almost shit a brick listening to this because I've been to Binghamton, New York several times. It's a it's a very like sea market town for touring shows, mm-hmm. but it's popular enough that uh, a lot of shows will go through there. One of the smaller theaters um, definitely need like a jack bar to kind of pry the show into the door. But it happens, you know, uh, good guys. They had a <laughs> this dude come in from the street and he was trying to walk out with two bags of show laundry, which is all mm-hmm. uh, the, the tights and the underwear and the jock straps. And one bag was clean and one bag was dirty. Did he now? How yeah. far did he make it? Uh, Almost out the door. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so. Got to, you know, if I was if I was going through Binghamton any anytime soon, this is absolutely something I would try and make a trip out to to catch just because once once this disappears, there's not anything else like it, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's the last of us. (laughs) So uh, this guy, it's it's cool that he was able to find this signal. And this is him hanging out in a hotel room. Here's what I was able to pick up in my hotel room after trying several different locations for the TV. Watch as I adjust the rabbit ears. Because 22 year old Michael Jr. I see everybody with their fathers. I tuned to the Franken FM on VHF channel six and you could see it had a very weak signal despite being only four miles away from the broadcast tower. I connected a larger antenna and tuned back to the VHF channel 10, but the signal still was not the best. It turns out WBPN LP broadcasts a whopping four watts ERP. That's right, four watts. I spent the evening enjoying the fuzzy picture that will be gone forever in a few months. Note the interference on the VHF band shown as these little moving dots. I'm going to stop talking for a bit and let you enjoy Family Feud on this analog TV station. We ask a hundred single men, name something married men have that as far as you're concerned, they can keep it. Chop strap. That's when you say something, you go, I have no idea why I said that. Chop strap. Oh, maybe oh. Next, time. <laughs> next time, baby. Yeah, it's a it's a sound that's just gonna disappear outside of the recordings of it. It's kind of weird, a little bit of a mind fuck. Yeah, especially when you think about the fact that people listen to that was their only way to consume content at one point, just the radio. Yep, and it's yeah, uh, from from the sounds of this video, it actually sounds like they're gonna be um, knocking it, everything off the air uh there is one franken fm channel outside of chicago that's fairly popular and um 
while they're switching over to digital, I do think that they're also trying to get part of the FM band and stay like somewhere in the 88.7 range. Um, but yeah, for the most part, you know, all of this, uh, <clears throat> these TV frequencies have been, I think my dad had said something about them given, uh, being given to phone companies and, I should have been a little more researched on this, but there's also been some um, controversy with the wireless frequencies that wireless mics will use in uh, performance theater. Um, and there's there's some sort of collision going on between, I, I think it's phone companies and the, the bands that these uh, wireless mics are on. Hmm. So all just kind of interesting, but uh, he's got an actual date for when they go off the air. If you miss the static and fuzz of analog TV, like I do, time is running out to check out some of the last remaining analog TV stations still on the air in the United States. The final shutoff date for these stations is July 13th of this year, 2021. The regular TV stations will likely convert to digital and not blink an eye. What will happen to the Franken FMs is still up in the air. So get your asses up to Binghamton, New York. Yeah, it's to be determined on what what will happen with them. Yeah, man, uh, I, I imagine though, like all our viewers should be uh, well prepared because I don't know anyone that listens to analog anymore. Do you? No, 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 no. I imagine they're like older, but uh, I don't, I don't know for sure. You had to be a real uh, connoisseur. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. But yeah, that's a uh, that's definitely something. Well, I mean, I always appreciate the radio because it, it's like good background noise to me. <laughs> yeah, I. I do really enjoy the radio and uh, for a big part growing up, most everything that I listened to at the time was radio. Mm -hmm. Uh, I actually ran into one of the DJs that um, she just kind of disappeared. Maybe I missed the day that she had turned in her notice or something. Um, But she ended up working at a library there in uh, fuck whatever Graham, maybe North Carolina. Mm -hmm. I was like, your voice kind of sounds a little familiar. And lo and behold, I, fangirled on a radio DJ that was working at a library. <laughs> it's okay. That's awesome. Uh, if the radio wasn't so much of a, um, uh, pre-programmed, like it's the same fucking show that we just got to throw together in this queue and then zip out and all this shit. Um, who knows? I mean, it's, it's, uh, uh, God, what's the name? I heart, not I heart radio. Um, there's there's one that owns a majority of the stations. I'm blanking on it right now, but it, it's almost mm-hmm. to the point where when I was listening full time, I definitely guessed the song correct <laughs> correctly. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it. It's, you definitely like see the cycle of all this stuff happening over and over again. Like it starts off like really new and independent and freedom of speech galore, and then it gets more and more corporate and then before you know it the same company owns all the stations and tv networks and eventually you know it's going to move into the podcast space and do the same thing but, well uh but go ahead not not if the folks over at uh no agenda have their way they still got that decentralized podcasting 2.0 the podcast index coming out uh it's already out um, there's a lot of apps and hosts and, um, content creators all involved with it. And I think if it goes the way that they're hoping, and I have no reason to doubt any of them just because there's so many powerhouse sort of people involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're really going to make this decentralized network. 
Um, but if you don't want, you know, if you want to hear something that <clears throat> gets programmed twice a week for the content that gets put up on the show, go check out noagendastream.com. We're on there. Uh, all sorts of fantabulous shows are on there. Uh, it's nonstop uh, podcast, a little bit of music, a couple of jingles here and there, which are fucking phenomenal. Yeah, you tell me about them all the time. They really do a hell of a great job over there. Yeah. Yep, yep. It's kind of the uh, definitely inspiration for this show. Uh, maybe more so a little MoFax. Um, a little MoFo. I almost opened the show with a MoFax clip, but there ended up being another one that paired with it nicely. So we'll uh, we'll get to that here in a minute. Uh, our conversation for some mind crime tonight. Did you get a chance to look this over? Do you have any preliminary thoughts? On the mind crime part? That, that was in the notes, right? Yeah. Uh, I didn't get a chance to look that one over because I, I was focused on the beginning stuff like because uh, I thought we were going to run into um, the Muppet stuff. But uh, wait, r- run it by me again, the mind crime. Let's just jump into it. Oh, it's the um, – sorry. That was uh, – I should have ex- – um, mind crime is the category. And for the – Mind crime section we're going to talk about. Oh, oh, oh yeah, show. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I skimmed over the mind crime part. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> well, I definitely, definitely got some thoughts. That's why I pulled the clips. Did you already talk about uh, Carla Gugino last week? No. You know, the, the the Mandalorian chick who got fired from Oh yes, Disney? Yes. You did talk about it. Okay. Because I was going to say that goes pretty pretty hand in hand with this <laughs> oh yeah D- disney <laughs> disney's um it's had their hand in the c- cookie jar a couple of times for uh just ill-timed behaviors maybe I, maybe there's a better way of putting it um but here's a clip to kind of round out the situation well another cultural icon taking fire this time it's the one and only muppet show the Disney Plus streaming service has begun offering the series and is including a disclaimer, disclaimer warning of, quote, offensive content. It says this program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. These stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. So this sounds like there's a. Uh... 18 episodes that begin with this uh, this disclaimer that is unskippable. Everything else in the channel has in the description, uh, the, the, oh my God, in the description tab, this mm-hmm. disclaimer. Are you familiar with the disclaimer? I have not seen it yet. No, I guess I could easily jump on Disney Plus and watch it right now. How long is it though? Uh, it's like seven, eight seconds, but I, I can just read it here real quick. Sure. Content advisory. This program includes negative depictions and slash or mistreatment of people or cultures. These stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together. Disney is commu- committed to creating stories with inspirational and aspirational themes that reflect uh, reflect the rich diversity of the human experience around the globe <laughs> uh, to learn more about this, uh, how these stories have impacted society, visit www.disney.com slash stories matter stories matter. All stories matter. <laughs> so uh, the first article that I've pulled from, uh, I believe that was post millennial and uh, it's definitely a right leaning organization for Mandy. No, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the better quotes from this article, ironically, Disney's live action film Mulan comes with no disclaimer whatsoever, despite what critics critics call obvious propaganda and the working together with genocidal and slavery positive regimes in order to make the film. Did you catch any on that? Any, uh, any outrage? Uh, that, that I catch any outrage on Mulan? Yeah. Um, it was mostly that, that it was just a terrible film, but if it's offensive, <laughs> sure. <laughs> this is an outrage. Well, it's not the fact that it, it's not the way they depicted the characters. Mm-hmm. That was the outcry. It was where it was filmed. Cause it's in the fa- same, uh, region as the Uyghur concentration camps, essentially. Mm. Which is something that we covered uh, last week with Malachi while he was here. Um, this really harrowing, uh, just not not a good fucking um, account, uh, a very tragic account of the treatment of one of the women that was able to escape these camps. And then Biden tur- turns around. And he's like, oh, this is just cultural norms. This is the way that. This is the way she has always operated. We've always been this way. What do you mean? <laughs> so it's uh, it, it's it's just uh, <laughs> look how woke we are, and don't look at the fact that we kind of don't mind that these people are getting tortured and brainwashed and raped and harvested. Uh, plenty of account. Uh, well, I should say, Grimerica has had plenty of conversations about um, organ harvesting going through that community. So some really shitty shit. Yeah. Disney definitely, uh, likes to play kind of like we were talking about with the Franco earlier, the whole facade of, you know, we're about equal this and that. And really, you know, we are no one's stupid. They're all about the bottom line. I do respect them for at least keeping it up because with the cancel culture thing, overstepping its, uh, line all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's actually nice that they actually kept it up. <clears throat> of course, the disclaimer is going to be annoying, but I, I will give them at least some points for keeping it up because I thought I thought they were going to go in the direction of just removing them, kind of oh, like what yeah. they did to Chappelle's show and, and things I mean, of that nature. Well, that was different, actually. Never mind. I don't forget I said Chappelle's show. That was for uh, sexual crimes, I believe. Or the night, the night is young. I mean, would there be this much? I, I shouldn't even say this much scrutiny because I don't realistically know how much. This story has pissed people off, but if you didn't disclaim any of this, is it anything that anybody would notice? Uh, that's I think they're just trying to get ahead of it, you know, because like they got teams dedicated, you know, this is all like human resource department stuff. So they probably have people that are like projecting like this is going to be deemed offensive soon. So let's just jump out and get ahead of it. Uh, well, it's basically a game, like a game of calling yourself out and that way, like no one could say that you didn't apologize already. <laughs> well, we're going to play an impromptu game here. Cause I pulled a couple of clips from the uh, content that they've deemed racist. Um, from this was a BBC article. There's also a Reddit thread, uh, growing working Reddit thread of the possible infractions uh, that's included in the show notes. So you can go check that out under our show descriptor. Um, But here's the first one with Peter Sellers. It is I, Boris, with his sobbing violin. Do you got any requests? Yes, but you're going to play anyway. (laughs) Such unkindness. Is to break the heart, huh? Hey, 
عجیب سیز حرف سیرنی عجیب سیز بلاد سیرنی عجیب سیز برین سلرنی عجیب سیز راست سبرنی It was called the Gypsy's Violin. The Gypsy's Violin. Mm-mm. Yeah, I guess it's a, well, I shouldn't say I guess. It's a negative depiction of a, I guess even the term Gypsy is sort of a racial slur that's a, not 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 a good thing to say anymore these days. So we might have uh, just canceled ourselves again. Indubitably. I'm always so behind on these things because they just keep changing so fast. No, I, I, I would for anyone to keep up. I would argue, I would argue that uh, some of that stuff is sort of directed to be in that, to, to, directed to act like that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see the I next, agree. the mm-hmm. the next one here is, <laughs> I like this one. <laughs> this one was pretty funny. Kenny Rogers, fifteen seconds to curtain. Kenny, hey, thanks, Scooter. While you're here, I want to ask you something. I don't want to seem ungrateful. What is all of this junk in my dressing room? Uh, well, you know my uncle owns this theater? Yeah, so? Well, he sold the mineral rights to your dressing room. <laughs> Before we start drilling, where should we park the camels? <laughs> I love Kenny Rogers. <laughs> He's got this huge fucking oil rig in his room. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, send me that clip later. Uh, all of the uh, all of the clips are in the uh, the show notes, and if you're looking oh, okay. at if you're looking at them and you see something that's highlighted with yellow, that's a it's not going to be uh, if it's something super long. I haven't figured out how to timestamp it yet, but it's at least a link directly to the clip. But for the, like this Kenny Rogers, it's a <laughs> it's out of a compilation, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely check that out. Uh, the last one that we got here is. Uh, uh, it's a little segment from Gonzo. He's danced with a huge wedge of cheese. <laughs> so, you know, all, all of this shit's highly, highly racist, highly offensive. Uh, there's there's one that's got Johnny Cash in a barn and there's a Confederate flag hanging. Uh, <clears throat> Steve Martin, Cleo Lane, Spike Milligan, Debbie Harry, like from Blondie, Debbie Harry. Come on. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. It's in, in, in addition, uh, there's something about the Grinch that I haven't, uh, looked too much into with Dr. Seuss, but I'm guessing it's probably more the same, you know, it's getting some sort of fucking content advisory or, um, I don't know what, what, what would be another, another word disclaimer. Yeah. Disclaimer. disclaimer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is sort of related. Uh, and I guess the way that I want to take this is. If you look at Disney from the only way that you could ever look at Disney and that's Disney is just one arm of many for this <laughs> totalitarian government fucking take takeover, right? Right. It's going to be Disney, Amazon and Google. You got your entertainment, you got your products and you got your web shit. Um this clip 
comes from Mofax and he's played it several times. And this is one of those things that I, that I hear and it still gives me fucking chills because he really lays it all out on the line. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is a uh, Mofax with Millie Fuller. So now we have to go back to the show's definite, the, the definition we refer to on the show. Yep. And that comes from Nilly Fuller and he defines racism and white supremacy. Well, that's, we are on the system of white supremacy. That's the most powerful government that the world has ever seen. And that's the title of it, by the way. It doesn't go by any other title, even though we sometimes call it by other titles. But the accurate title for the government that we are under is, in capital letters, the system of white supremacy worldwide. It's just one world government. And that's the only government in town, the only government on the planet that really counts, that is worthy of having the title of government. So did did you catch what he was saying there? Uh, yeah, I believe I did. I mean, he's saying like uh, unless it's uh, under the title or ideology of white supremacy that we don't even recognize it as a government. And for me, this kind of there's a conversation that I've heard uh, another one of the shows have. And it's something that I definitely was like, holy fuck, that makes a whole lot of sense. And it's sort of that um, the Nazis didn't necessarily lose world war two in the sense that while their numbers lost, their ideology was still able to prevail. And then a lot of this new world order, uh, one government system, this fucking, you know, communist regime takeover, which we're going to touch on later tonight. Mm -hmm. All of it revolves around this idea that you have to look out for these beings that are less than you. And, and a, a white supremacist new world order would affect all of the all of us. Right. Um, and. <laughs> This is episode. This is from episode fifty nine. Uh, Restoring justice, I believe, was the name of it. I'm. I might have uh, butchered that. Actually, I can tell you because I got the show notes right here. Restoring justice. Yeah. Um, the second clip kind of refers directly to Disney and the Black Panther. The Stop. worst thing you can do is pander to a person. Oh, of course. Because when you pander to a person, what you're saying is you're it's a form of pity. It's a, yeah. And it, that's, when, literal, that's you're literal racism. It's literal it, racism. No, that's, literal, that's literally the definition, their definition of mm -hmm. white supremacy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're inferior, so we have to cater yeah. to you yeah. to bring you up to our level. Aren't we so kind? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I want to talk quickly about uh, Black Panther because that was one of the last gaffes to bring black people back into the fold of Africa. And they're bringing that back. But yeah, well, the, the original when I saw the and I, and once again, nothing is nothing is no no pun intended. Nothing is black or white because it's like cool Black Panther. Okay, my son can watch you know a movie and you know see guy and like heroes and you know of different varieties and sure. that's cool. Yeah. But when you break that, and I'm going to do a whole show on this eventually one day, but just a quick synopsis of Black Panther, what happens is uh, you have an African prince come to America <laughs> to try to help black people. 
uh, and they come here and I guess and they kill him and they leave his son Killmonger behind, which is half African American or ADOS <laughs> and half uh, from Wakandan. Uh, yeah. And when he goes back and fights the real black, I mean, the the stand, the, the existing Black Panther, he beats him fair and square. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then then the Wakandans team up with the CIA to take him out of power. Isn't that crazy? Holy shit! It's like what? <laughs> Excuse me for cussing. I mean, but it's like what? Hold on. Now let's run that back again. The guy has actual rights to the throne yeah. through his father. Yeah. He goes back and wins it fair and square. And then they work with the CIA to take him out of power because he said, let's take our resources yeah. and, and give it to black people across the world. They said, no, right. no, no, no. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't be doing that. So that's what Disney is putting out. So I mean, so you now you see my, you know, my uh, conflict here. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, but that review that you just gave there in uh, in five sentences, no one no one heard that review anywhere. Well, we all just heard that, and I guess everybody that listens to Mo Facts, and if you don't listen to Mo Facts for whatever reason, please stop listening to us right now and go, go check, check them, them out. out. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other interesting thing is it's sort of what they did with Captain America: The Winter Soldier. So that whole story arc of Hydra infiltrating shield and taking it over slowly over the decades that kind of not kind of exactly mirrors that operation paperclip, which is something that we've touched on before that the CIA, uh, uh, yeah, paperclip, um, that the CIA was draft picking Nazis for the season along with the Russians. So while all of the soldiers, you know, fucking, Ended up wherever, and they they got the couple of dozen dudes at the Nuremberg trials. All those scientists went to clandestine operational groups or intelligence agencies and shit like that. Mm -hmm. And that in turn leads to something like Mockingbird, where this clandestine group starts sending out their own reporters to get jobs at these publications and these fucking uh, art houses and these goddamn movie studios. So within a couple of degrees of separation, I feel like you could you could find people <laughs> working between the CIA and, and Disney and the Nazis. And and what I'm trying to say is Disney might be part of the New World Order. I just got a feeling. So uh, if that's true, then wait, where do you even go from here? They just run it all in. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean. It's, it's kind of in the name. Out, like what's next, but it's like I guess another country. <laughs> well, I, I that I that I don't want to speak on. I I don't know. Um, where do we go next? Oh, lizard fucks. Speaking of which, Washington Post opinion piece calls for elites to have quote bigger say in choosing a president. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sorry. What was that group's name again? Washington Post. Yeah. So they want a bigger say in choosing the next president. Yeah. Just, just their publication alone. No, 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 no. They, they say they're the, the, the headline. And I had a hard time finding this. I could only find the one quote because I guess they, they pulled and re-edited the article or the tweet or the combination mm-hmm. of the two, uh, a couple of quotes from it. It's time to give the elites a bigger say in choosing the president preference. Primaries would be a better system. She argues for decades, the conversations about nominations uh, has been about the conflicts between party elites and everyone else. Today, that conversation is counterproductive. A better approach is to think about how votes and elites 
could best play their different roles to make their political parties more representative while ultimately narrowing the nomination choice down to one person. And the best way to do that would be through preference primaries. Preference primaries could allow voters to rank their choices among candidates as well as to register opinions about their issue priorities, like an exit poll, but more formal and with all the voters. The results would be public but not binding, a way to inform elites about voter preferences. This process could accompany a primary of the sort of which we're used to, in which voters' first choices instruct the delegates and preferences come into play only if there's no clear winner. The primaries could also be held in combination with elections for convention delegates so that these representatives are informed by their constituents' pref- uh, preferences. This would help hold the uh, delegates accountable in the future, and the point is to build a way for party elites to understand what their base is thinking and allow for them to bargain so that these different preferences and priorities can be balanced. Hmm. So it sounds like they're trying to get the opinion of all the people that are coming in to play part of the fucking game. But to me, that's what the elected representatives should do. You know what I'm saying? Like, at least what they should be doing. Yeah. Right. So now they're, this is saying like, well, if it ever does come down to a situation where there could be a choice, we definitely think because we have the money to fund the study studies and we have the ability to aggregate all that information, we technically really should be having the final say in how this goes, methinks. Yeah. With no one looking over our shoulders. <laughs> <sighs> what other stupid shit do we got? Um, some COVID-1984, which is not going to last long because I'm, I'm really sick of giving in, uh, any attention, right? Yeah, to the COVID news. But there was something something that I missed. Uh, last October, Vice came out with a video that was about five minutes long. And it was this nurse whistleblower uh, who was pregnant. And she had this just super generic latex mask that she wore in a studio set. This big, it was, it was a really big fucking like uh, soft uh, floodlight wash, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do, have you seen this? Are you familiar with it? I am not. Uh, what what was going on with the freezer? Let me. Um, actually, I want to get that sent to you. But oh god, damn it! Stop it. Um, let me. Uh, I, I'm gonna send it to you because it, it just it looks so weird. I'll actually I'll uh drop it here in the in the chats. Um, if you can make it over there to get Discord. that link in a yeah. um yeah in in the Discord. But uh, here's kind of a supercut of the moment. I shouldn't say supercut, but here's here's a cut of the moments where the video s- switches to this inverted filter and they flash the words that she's saying, mm-hmm. and, you know, front and center over her. And it's almost like this is the most important shit that you should be walking away from in this video. Uh, so here it is. I'm a doctor for the NHS. I've been working with the NHS since 2018. And I was a pregnant doctor working during the pandemic at the time. And I'm here today because I think it's very important we bring the truth out. 
there have been a lot of errors during the pandemic and it's cost human lives. A lot of people have died senselessly. When the pandemic happened earlier this year, I saw it go through all the different countries and a part of me believed that our country will be prepared. We're a leading country in a lot of areas, especially in the field of science and medicine. So I thought nothing could go wrong in Great Britain. And I had faith in the government. I had faith that they would protect doctors and healthcare workers so that we could protect our patients. They're not showing us how many healthcare workers have been ill in ITU. They're not showing us how many domestic cleaners have died. To date, we have 620 healthcare workers who've died. My own managers were following my social media. They don't know I'm coming today because they have told me that I have to go through them. These are the people who are trying to create a sort of propaganda if as doctors we're being silenced in our own hospitals, where does that leave us as a country? What kind of democracy are we living in? I mean, these are the kind of things that we would see in, in strict regimes like North Korea. This is happening within our own country. So January, February, March, April, these four months, not once did I get a mask fitting. I had nothing on that ward. It left me in a situation where I had to look at my own protection or the patient. We knew that all of these changes in the guidelines were based on politics because they just didn't have the right amount of PPE, but nobody would ever use these words, we don't have enough. If I went into a patient who was COVID positive and he coughed in between the consultation, then what? When we looked into the PPE the government had, they were out of date. They were expired. As a doctor walking into your work, opening a surgical mask box, and seeing that the expiry date had a sticker replaced on top of it. How do you think that makes us feel? Because this pandemic has taken a huge psychological toll on everybody. We've lost faith in our government. A lot of us have even lost the love that we had and the passion that we've had for our jobs. And I don't know if we can, we can recover from this. The government have lied to us and they have to be held accountable. And we have to seek justice for those families who've lost their loved ones. These ministers have blood on their hands. They have killed people. And they're still sitting in the same office. And this has to change. That was a little on the long side. I should have split that one up. But No, that's all good. She had a lot of really good, excellent points in there. It's a very frustrating situation when you're supposed to trust these people. And then you're silencing all these uh, healthcare professionals. But see, this is the thing that weirds me out, because if anything, it seems like, and fuck, I don't live there. I don't, I'm not in contact with anybody that that lives there. From the sort of clips and news that comes through No Agenda, it definitely sounds like they've kind of done the opposite of everything that she's stating here. Mm-hmm. Uh, just with the way that they've treated all the lockdowns and everything. Um I don't know. I, the whole, the whole and I mean, it's fucking vice, I guess. But the whole thing just reeks of fucking propaganda and fear porn. I mean, just the delivery mm-hmm. and, and the way that these big tags flash on the screen. Um, right, right. Well, yeah, I was just listening, so I, I didn't have a chance to see all that editing. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a different visual experience. Um, mm-hmm. But probably the most striking thing and this ties into those two mofax clips restoring justice like i i I really want you to go check that one out uh just just in the way that he's able to 
bring a new perspective to the word justice. Um, and I think just because of that episode alone, it, this video is a big fucking flag for me. Maybe, maybe we can revisit it next week. I, I guess I can, uh, I can be a little more prepared to speak on that one. Um, what's next? Oh, sorry. Uh, no, all good, man. <laughs> do you want to hear a Jim Brewer clip? Yeah, let's do it. You're not going to stop that. Right. That's the will of humanity. You can't stop us from being social as though they're doing their darndest. Yeah. Whoever they are. But they're doing a, they're doing everything they can to scare the living life out of you, to to try to convince you that you are capable of murdering your grandmother <laughs> and feeling guilty about about hugging people and being with one another. To me, that's that's the cult. Oh, you know, shit. they point fit. That's the real cult. The ones that are going. You know, are you ready to live your life knowing you killed your grandmother? Yeah. You're the cult. You're the problem. That stems from pure dark. There's nothing good about that. Yeah. We're only here one time. We need to hug. Yeah. We need to see smiles. We need to touch. That's humanity. You take that away, it's over. Yeah, if it's you take old. that away, what's the point? I'm just here. I'm just a, you know, I'm a piece of a video game that can't even really play. You know? And that's what they want. And people fall for it. Hook, line, and say They would watch the news like this. Ugh, like a parrot. Yeah, that's crazy. Wah, wah. The numbers are going up. The numbers are going up. The numbers are going up. Wear your mask. Wear your mask. Wear your mask. Wear your mask. Grandma killer. Grandma killer. Grandma killer. Oh, my God. Get back in your cage. <laughs> So that's that's kind of where <laughs> this whole subject comes to a meeting in my head is those two clips there. This pregnant Dr. Fear Porn and Jim Brewer doing the parakeet mask. <laughs> yeah, <Wear your> mask. <laughs> uh, and that came from uh, Sir Seat Sitter, and it's a fucking gem. I actually fell asleep at the computer desk last night trying to find it. Um, <laughs> Working hard over there. I like it. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to tighten this shit up. In your dream, did you see the Flash come back and say, you were right, Bruce, it's him, it's always been him? Did you see that? Did you have that same dream? <laughs> no, I, I don't think I dreamed about anything. Uh, well, then it's not the dawn of justice, then. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Clearly it isn't. Uh, have you seen anything about the World Economic Forums, the uh, lockdowns are quietly improving cities around the world video that they've taken down? Uh, no, I have not. Uh, so that was something I was trying to think for a minute though. It was yeah. a commercial viral video. Yeah. People were kind of freaking out a little bit and for good reason. I mean, this shit's like, do you, do you, how much do you remember about the world economic forum? Uh, I remember a little bit in broad strokes. I remember we were talking about it on uh, one of the earlier episodes, but, um, oh, go, go, just go ahead and uh, jump into it. All right. So I, I, I might have to read this one out. There's no, um, Earth's seismic noise has been the lowest in decades due to lockdowns. Scientists say, uh, saw a wave of quiet around the world in 2020. Ambient noise in some cities fell 50%. As, few, uh, as fewer people used transport and factories closed. Quiet enabled scientists to record small earthquakes that they would usually miss and improve their understanding of seismic activity. 
so they can predict larger earthquakes in the future. There were also record falls in air pollution, clearing city skies from Asia to America. Adrian, do you have that music playing? Yeah. Okay, got it. Oh, wait, I guess I could mute that. Oh, that works too. (laughs) The carbon emissions were also down 7% last year. (laughs) I thought that was like just your reading music from now on. (laughs) Hey, I mean, maybe they don't have a copyright on it. I mean, we're also playing it on here, so. Uh, But the the drop won't, uh, won't slow climate change unless we lock in emissions uh, emissions cuts. How quiet was your local area? <laughs> like, comment, share, subscribe. <laughs> yes, psyop music to wilder them. That is the yeah. Give me some of the like brain melting fucking. Uh, I could probably put that on a soft button here. <laughs> So, I mean, this is like uh, Klaus Schwab, you know, the, this is the, you will eat the bugs. Um, this is the lockdowns are good and eternal and, and you motherfuckers are going to do it forever. Whenever we say just because the climate is what we have deemed it uh, for, you know, whatever fucking crisis decade that we're in. Did I mention that you're going to eat the mac and cheese? You will eat my mac and cheese and be, enjoy it. It's going to be fucking roach and cheese. <clears throat> Roaches. Come get roaches. some. Roaches and cheese. I will enjoy. Uh, Here's a quote from Klausi. In short, we need a great reset of capitalism. All aspects of our societies and econo- uh, economies must be revamped. He also wrote, from education to social contracts and working conditions... One of the main themes of their uh, June meeting was the opportunity presented to change everything that the virus presented. Excuse me. Uh, here's here's what Jim Brewer has to say about uh, <laughs> about people and uh, I guess similar sort of people. Nice. And so, but it, it was you know it's like two hundred people. It's still and awesome they have for now. To wear masks. No, it's the first show I did where they have to wear masks. It was awkward. Was it? it? Yeah, it was weird. You could tell they were annoyed. And they can't even, and what if they want to do, I guess they got no snacks, huh? No snacks. They had snacks, but they're literally like, make sure, just go like that. Yeah. Because the governor lives in the town, and he comes in. I understand you're not (laughs) keeping up with the rules and regulations. (laughs) This is for your safety. (laughs) You don't want to kill your grandmother, do you? Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> I see we are at 27%. There will be arrests made. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. This is so good. <laughs> Theo Vaughn does good stuff. I swear. Some of these comedians, Last Bastions, in podcasting. Yeah, he's definitely one of the last good ones, that's for sure. Yeah, he runs an excellent uh, podcast as well, too. He has really good guests on there every week. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to try and uh, start making him weekly again. Mr. Uh, Mr. Vaughn? Yeah, maybe, you know, swap him uh, for the show at least. You know, maybe do some Theo, some Tim Dillon. Uh, Brian Callen's got some pretty decent stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, What do we have next? Let's see. What time is it? One thirteen. It's not one thirteen. Um, eleven forty. Me, twelve forty. You, right? <laughs> I have 
three categories left before we take intermission. Do you want to okay. do a uh, all three or pick one of the three? Uh, what are the three left to pick from on there? Shun the non-believer, mm-hmm. mini ocalypse, or alphabet soup. I like mini <clears throat> mini ocalypse. Let's go with that. Uh, let's see. Oh, and I missed that clip. Okay, so they're setting up barricades for the Derek Chauvin trial coming mm-hmm. up here. Uh, the mayor said that more than 3,000 law enforcement officers from across the state and Minnesota National Guard soldiers will be at the ready when the case goes to the jury, expected in late April or early May. Uh, mayor last week declared that Minneapolis remains open for business and people should go about their lives as usual, but the security going up around Hennepin County Courthouse, City Hall, and the jail at the heart, all in the heart of downtown is extraordinary and includes three rings of concrete barriers, two topped by chain link fencing with a trough in between filled with coils of razor wire. The innermost fence is topped with barbed wire, excuse me, barbed wire. And ground floor windows at all three buildings are boarded up. I have a clip for that. I don't know why I didn't save. (laughs) Maybe because I'm a fucking amateur. Nope. That's just the weather. All right. Uh, I have heard rumblings that the city is hiring quote unquote influencers, uh, which I would prescribe to be TikTok and maybe Instagram, Snapchat folks Mm -hmm. to sort of uh, sway the wrath of, well, I shouldn't say wrath because they don't know how the trial is going yet. But if you listen to the way that they describe some of this security, it sounds like they kind of get an idea of the way this trial is going to go. And then you add in the fact that maybe the city is hiring these influencers to kind of get the people to, to not um, hit Minneapolis as hard as they did last time. Uh, the other thing that I can confirm relatively comfortably is uh, there's going to be a, a fairly decent mounted patrol presence. And that's because there's uh, I, I guess there's like a, a horse trailer refurb company not too far from here. And they're uh, they got contracted to build iron uh, shin plates or shin guards for the horses. So building shin guards for the horses. <clears throat> yeah, here. I, uh, I got that. I got that clip. This here okay. is frankly starting to look like a war zone with all of the fencing that has been put up, the barbed wire, the road closures, and the city is warning residents that things might look very different here over the next couple weeks. This is about maintaining safety and security. Deputy Police Chief Eric Forrest says they're also planning to fortify the police precincts and other city infrastructure. Residents may also see National Guard soldiers out in the community doing security checks before the trial. Providing patrol and presence and deterrence really in key business corridors. For business owners, the city has new guidance online for hiring security companies and boarding up windows and doors. We've been encouraged to have businesses check in with their insurance companies about their policies and not simply to see if their policies are up to date, but to really go into the policies and what is covered. For residents, the city is planning to host weekly meetings with representatives from all 70 of the city's neighborhood associations. Metro Transit is also working with the city to keep riders informed about delays or cancellations that may come up during the trial. 
While the damage caused by the riots last summer can still be seen across the city, Mayor Jacob Fry says this time around, they've had plenty of time to prepare. It allows us to have the, the proper deployment. It allows us to have the, the property, you know, community engagement teams set up. The, the time that we have now makes this an entirely different equation. But no- this is the same mayor that uh, the protesters last year got him to get on his hand or not his hands and knees, but get on his knees and uh, repentance. And then they said, will you uh, I think it was like straight. Will you defund the police? And like on his knees, he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just just uh Maybe maybe beta is a bit of a soft word, but that, that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting from. Certainly feels that way a little bit. Yeah. No matter how much they plan and prepare for this trial, city leaders say that this is kind of uncharted territory and they will keep us updated as things change in the coming weeks. And we will keep you updated with all of those changes and all the information that we receive here in downtown Minneapolis. Gordon Severson, Carol Evan News. I'm going to go check that out here. Maybe uh, next week, this week. One oh, of yeah? these weeks, yeah. Mm-hmm. See what's going what's on right there. Get some uh, boots in the ground footage. Yeah, this weekend here in Atlanta, we just got the NBA All Star game. Mm. That's gonna be a nice COVID spreader. Oh yeah, spread it all over. All right, let's get it. Let's get these uh, antibodies all going. <laughs> all right. Um, well, okay. So that leaves us. Uh, oh, that that's actually kind of re- a relief because now I can save some of these stories for next week. Um, get excited about those because we got some CIA bullshit and uh, strange things under the Antarctic ice. But that's where we'll leave all that shit for the first half of show. Uh, how do you feel about taking a quick intermission here? We can, uh, do a drink refill. Uh, you can do a drink, uh, exit fill. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm cool with that, man. Yeah. Let's take a quickie. All right. Uh, we got a couple of tracks lined up. Uh, it's going to be about nine minutes. So that's for all parties involved for tonight. It's mm-hmm. a nine minute intermission, but we have some fun stuff. Uh, some green jello, some more cereal and, uh, <laughs> There's a really good teacher clip in here. I think everybody's going to appreciate. But in that regards, we'll see you back here for second half of show.
is false. No way. Not this time. We created it. Not this time. No. Not this time. It's totally made up. Pure fiction. It's fiction. It's fiction. We made it up. We made this one up. It's a made-up tale. It's a total fabrication. It never happened. It never happened. This one was invented by a writer. Not this time. It never happened. It's false. It never happened. It's a fake. It's fiction. It's an urban legend that never happened. No way. We got you. Not a chance. Not this time. It never happened. It never happened. We made this one up. It's fiction. We made up this one. We made it up. Not this time. Wrong. Not this time. Not this time. You're wrong. Not this time. It never happened. If you don't believe that there is white privilege, please don't teach. If you don't believe that black lives matter, please don't teach. If you don't believe in systemic racism and how it negatively impacts our students of color and don't want to help dismantle those systems, please don't teach. What did you do? We was looking for weapons of mass destruction. Did you ever find them? You know goddamn well we ain't find them. What are you, some kind of political humorist? You Garrett Trudeau up in this bitch? I was looking for bitches, but they had that carpet shit all over them and I couldn't see what they looked like. All that was really exposed was the eyes and that wasn't enough for me because, you know, shit, I'm looking at the eyes, the eyes can be pretty and I take that carpet off and then I got a tragedy. Well, no, we ain't fine. But I always say the absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. What? Simply because you don't have evidence that something does exist does not mean that you have evidence that something doesn't exist. What? What country are you from? What? What ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English in what? What? English, motherfucker. Do you speak it? Yeah. So you understand the words I'm saying to you? Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is that there are known knowns and that there are known unknowns, but there's also unknown unknowns. Things we don't know that we don't know. What? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more time. Welcome to the Gong Show. You've tuned in at just the right moment. We've just taken off the restraining straps. <laughs> okay, let's watch this first act. And when they're finished, we're going to ask him what they did. Here's Green Jello. you did to these people these hey come on up here we go yeah green jello this is a terrific act i i find versatility with this i find all kinds of great things you've been gong and, and i i really think that's what they were here for here let me let me point you right over here here you go there goes a little green jello thank you very much yeah that was good wow. 
He kept waiting for the first verse to happen, and it never really did. I think we got him about 20 minutes before that. They didn't know. should have added a do not adjust your uh your sets <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare adjust those sets <laughs> so I, I didn't get the notes for the second half but um <clears throat> but what are we what are we moving on to uh the reason you didn't get the notes of the second half is i wrote the second half in the amount of time that it took for me to get back from work with a dead car and uh going live tonight (laughs) so it's a little on the fresh side this is part three of our series on the new order of barbarians which is something that we've touched on a little bit in the past but uh essentially what it details is the recollections of a Dr. Uh, Lawrence. I'm, I don't have his name in front of me, but he's, he's remembering this talk that was given by Dr. Richard day, uh, back in 1969. And it's going all over this total fucking new world order. Like they're, um, wanting to, I mean, (laughs) we did, two episodes on it so it, it's it's there's a lot to catch up on it um let me think i don't know if i have any clips from the last week that are still working because everything's broke um damn i should have last week pulled up essentially this guy is detailing the the plans for a new world order in 1969 and there's a there's three cassettes of him uh with transcriptions which i can send to you but let me um let, let's go ahead and get it started with some uh him talking on gun control while I uh get last week pulled up. There was some discussion about hunting uh, uh not surprisingly hunting requires guns and gun control is a big uh, element in these plans and uh, I don't remember the details much but uh, the idea is that gun ownership is a privilege and not everybody should have guns and hunting was an inadequate excuse for owning guns and uh, everybody should be uh, restricted in gun ownership. The few privileged people who should be allowed to hunt could maybe rent or borrow a gun from official quarters rather than own their own. After all, everybody doesn't have a, have a need for a gun was the way it was put. Uh, And here's the actual intro. There has been much written and much said by some people who have looked at all the changes that have occurred in American society in the past 20 years or so, and who have looked then retrospectively to earlier history of the United States and indeed of the world, and come to the conclusion that there is a that there is a conspiracy of sorts which influences, indeed controls, major historical events not only in the United States but around the world. This 
conspiratorial interpretation of history is based on people making observations from the outside, gathering evidence, and coming to the conclusion that from the outside they see a conspiracy. Their evidence and conclusion are based on evidence gathered in retrospect, period. So the idea is that they're going to introduce all of these changes and it's all going to be society and culture-based changes that uh, morph people as they grow up into the sort of individuals that fit into the system that they're trying to de- uh, trying to design. Uh, a couple of clips from the beginning. <clears throat> uh, you know, people will have to get used to the idea of change. So used to change that they'll be expecting change. Nothing will be permanent. Uh, people are too trusting. People don't ask the right questions. Um, I mean, these this is a. Uh, these are quotes um, being quoted by the doctor from 1969. So uh, several times he he's kind of um, just giving the idea of uh, what he what he remembers this doctor speaking on. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. And the the doctor that everybody's going to be listening to. This is Dr. Lawrence Dunnigan. Um. And the person recording it was Randy Engel, I believe was her name. So there's these three cassettes. It's about four hours long. And where we come back into is uh, tape two. Um, there's all sorts of different categories that they talk on, like uh, uh, population control, permission to have babies, uh, redirecting the purpose of sex, sex without reproduction, and reproduction without sex, some real like... Um, uh, brave new world sort of shit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there was a good one about uh, population is on population control. He said the population is growing too fast. Numbers of people living at any one time on the planet must be limited, or we will run out of space. We will outgrow our food supply, and we will overpollute the world with our race, uh, with our with our waste. Right? That's mm-hmm. sort of yeah. the general idea of what is typically accepted as population control. They're just going to, you know, do this massive war or some sort of plague that will take out a shit ton of people. The Thanos ideologies. Right. Just like that. So one thing that gets brought up in these clips is it's not just population, population control in the sense of you managing the numbers, but it's also managing every aspect of their life you know, directing them at every turn, giving them some sort of, uh, guide to follow some sort of, um, you know, this is the way that you will behave. Right. So we're going to jump all the way into the section of, (laughs) and the other thing that you got to keep in mind, and I've given a disclaimer, uh, for each one of these episodes, these folks are pretty staunch Catholics from what I understand. And at times, it I don't think that we're going to touch on anything specifically uh, here tonight, but on the last episode especially, they definitely get into a lot of like, oh, this is all part of a um, – well, let me, let me back that up. They say that part of all of this is the idea of a gay agenda, you know, and um, the, the, the sort of idea that they're, you know, tr- uh, deliberately trying to normalize it and it's sick shit and um, – so you got to understand, like, these are pretty staunchly religious people giving their takes on the idea of what a new world order is. 
and some of the views expressed are a little dated to say the least, right? Right. Uh, but they got some pretty interesting shit. So uh, this is uh, baby dolls and tea sets. Uh, very important with sports with sports for girls. Uh, athletics would be pushed for girls. And this was intended to replace dolls. Baby dolls would still be around a few of them, but you would not see the uh, uh, number and variety of dolls. And dolls would not be pushed because girls should not be thinking about babies and reproduction girls should be out on the athletic field uh, just as the boys are girls and boys really need not be all that different uh tea sets were to go the way of dolls and all these things that uh traditionally were thought of as feminine would be uh greatly de-emphasized as girls got into uh more masculine pursuits this is something that doesn't really strike me as all that offensive (laughs) Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> just because like, you know, whatever the kid wants to do, they should be able to do whatever they want to fucking do. Uh, that being said, I don't have any, um, I don't have any family that I'm particularly close with or friends that have children for the most part. So I don't know necessarily what, you know, what sort of toys kids have these days. Um, I don't, so I don't really have any like real perspective, I guess, to <laughs> really comment on this section. Uh, but next is sex and violence, uh, inundated through entertainment. Uh, entertainment movies would gradually be made more explicit as regards sex and language. After all, sex and rough language are real, and uh, why pretend that they are not? Uh, there would be pornographic movies, uh, in the theaters, on television, and uh. VCRs were not around at that time, but they had indicated that uh, uh, these these cassettes would be available and video cassette players would be available for use in the home. And pornographic movies would be available uh, on these VCRs as uh, as well as in the neighborhood theater and uh, on your television. It said something like people, uh, you'll see people in the movies doing everything you can think of. Uh, went on to say that uh, and all of this is to to bring sex out in the open that was another comment that was made several times a a term sex out in the open I mean this one kind of speaks for itself the idea that pornography and violence is going to become slowly and more readily available to the masses Uh, I've always been a big fan of horror movies and that's something that the evil dead experienced um it was uh listed in the uk as a video nasty and received the nc-17 rating because it was so violent and bloody um one one thing that they kind of point out in this uh which is not covered in this section uh richard day who the guy that we're listening to is quoting uh, he's talking about the idea or concept of VCRs being introduced into the households, which in 1969, that technology wasn't out. Um, they kind of make it sound like it was, you know, the, the idea was around, but it wasn't anywhere near any sort of public release. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess the sort of way to describe a lot of this is some uh, prophetic tellings of things to come. Um, he, he goes on further in this section. He's, uh, he talks about taking his kid to see the Lone Ranger. And at one point someone gets shot and I guess they made it like a 
in 1970s terms, pretty graphic uh, for a kid's movie. And, and they did fake blood and an injury and uh, this guy crying out. And uh, he's going on talking, talking about like he was kind of shocked and was thinking about uh, thinking back to this talk. Um, I wonder what he would be thinking of uh, <laughs> any, any number, any number of films. Maybe Tarantino comes to mind. Yeah, definitely. Love Tarantino. Me too. Me too. I hope he doesn't retire. Well, he's only got two or yeah, two more, right? I thought uh I thought Once Upon a Time was the last one. It's not. He's got two more. Oh, oh that's right. Once Upon a Time is number nine. And he said he would retire at ten. Oh, okay, so he's got one more then. Yeah. Uh let's see. Graphic violence. Uh <laughs> violence would be made more graphic. I can definitely relate to this one just because of how effective fear porn is, right? Uh, Violence would be made more graphic. This was uh, intended to desensitize people to violence. There might need to be a time when people would witness real violence and be a part of it. Uh, Later on, it'll become clear where this is headed. so there would be more realistic violence in entertainment uh, would make it easier for people to adjust. Uh, people's attitudes towards death would change and uh, they would not be so fearful of it, but more accepting of it. And not be so aghast at the sight of dead people or injured people. Uh, we don't need to have a genteel population paralyzed by what they might see. Uh, people would just learn to say, uh, well, I don't want that to happen to me. This was the uh, first statement uh, suggesting that the plan includes uh, numerous human casualties, uh, which the survivors would see. I mean, that's just desensitizing people to violence and death. But I don't know. Would you say that people are more scared or more not flippant, but less bothered by death. Uh, yeah, I would definitely say so. I mean, as time's gone on, gone on, we've definitely, um, uh, it's definitely uh, gotten normalized. I mean, just look at the case of like massive shootings in general. I mean, that alone, I mean, before the pandemic, there was like one every week. It felt like several, several each month. Right, because they had to change the programming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chain, don't change that dial. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, with all these lockdowns and everything, there's been a hell of a lot less uh, violent gun shooting crimes. But at the same point, like I, I do agree that the news treats it uh, sort of as sort. They they treat it like, oh well, this guy got this money. Let's see who can get the high score next. You know. They, right. they got a real fucking weird revenance for it. And like the whole adpocalypse on YouTube when, you know, Jimmy Kimmel isn't getting fucking struck for talking about the Vegas shooting, but fucking Philip DeFranco is, you know, mm-hmm. it's, 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 uh, it's dumb, but people, uh, there's, but a, there's that's, a new movie on. Oh, go ahead. Uh, the, the, I mean, as far as people being freaked out over death, I mean, it's, one reason why all the COVID scares work so well, they, they, they're sitting there pumping this, I think it's 500,000 number now. You won't see that anywhere. 
Last time I really remember seeing any fucking pictures of uh, any sort of COVID death count was in the 400,000 range. What's happened to the last 100,000 over the past couple of months? Right. Like, what, and what's it all going to lead to? <laughs> but, yeah, there's a uh, movie that was talking about this. Uh, it's actually trending right now on Netflix. It's called I Care A Lot. Have you had a chance to see that or check it out? Or I haven't. Let me uh, pull it up. It, star- it stars uh, What's Her Name from Gone Girl, um, Rosalind Pike. And uh, essentially, she runs a nursing home, and it's, like, state-funded, where she essentially, uh, fraudulently, but with the backing of the state and, you know, all these judges and courts, is essentially able to uh, find some elderly person who doesn't have a lot of family, and then she pretty much uh, presents a case where this person is no longer capable of taking care of themselves, so she has them thrown in her facility. She drugs them up. And while she's doing all this, she uh, take, she becomes the uh, legal guardian to this person. And she basically takes all their, all their stuff, sells it off, and pays herself. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, and the movie basically starts off with her giving this long rant and speech about how hard work and, you know, be, being uh, like a hardworking good citizen is just a prop for the rich to stay rich. <laughs> she's like, if you're not taking you're not doing anything and you'll never <laughs> rise <laughs> so i you know based off of the the, the short review there and <laughs> what i know about gone girl it's, it's, yeah she's the perfect actress for this too yeah, she's, yeah. She's, it's, it's, it's essentially a same character that i don't give a fuck evil crazy person <laughs> so, yeah so you, you know what i mean <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> Yeah, she's pretty much playing the, almost the exact same character. Yeah. Interesting. I will check this out. This sounds fucking fascinating. Because a lot of the uh, last week, part two, it's talking about things like the demise pill that uh, the elderly community, it's going to be too much of a burden for the young generation to try and take care of them. And mm-hmm. things that they were wanting to do was like change traffic patterns and implement more high speed zones so that driving for them would be more confusing. And then that would then be a burden on the young people to which they didn't want to, anything to do with, um, because a lot of it is also breaking down family bonds and shit like that. Uh, but ultimately it all leads to the big old D pill. You know what the D pill is? I'm familiar with the D pills. The D pill is the demise pill. So the parents would have this like farewell party. And then once they, well, before that, they wouldn't be able to go to school to keep up with the constantly changing curriculums and they wouldn't be able to stay in jobs. And, you know, they wouldn't be able to essentially the, the idea is to push the elders out. Right. Right. And once they reach that point of when they're no longer actively beneficial to society, they could go out with grace by taking what is known as the demise pill. And they would host this party and everybody would come and hang out and they would celebrate. And then when it was time, the family, the, the parents, parent would go and, you know, on their own and, and take this pill. And essentially it was like this idea of, uh, uh, like popularized euthanasia for people, mm-hmm. which I know it, there's been a couple of cases in the uh, European uh, in the e- EU 
Um, I don't think we've seen anything like that over here in the States yet, though. But uh, I just thought that was an interesting comparison. And then you think about all the shit that's happened with the uh, COVID deaths in nursing homes. Like, it, you, that's the sort of shit that makes me wonder about this. What we're listening to here is the stories of New York and Andrew Cuomo and the way that he fucking behaved with his uh, elder constituents, essentially. Right. Right. Um, but we're going to we're going to change gears back here into the content. And this is continuing in the vein of entertainment. But <laughs> this one's pretty funny. This is a, this is about music. As regards music, he made a rather straightforward statement like music will get worse. And uh, in 1969, the rock music was uh, getting more and more unpleasant. Uh, it was interesting that just his word, the way he expressed it, it would get worse. Acknowledging that it was already bad. Uh, lyrics would become uh, more openly sexual. No new sugary romantic music would be publicized like uh, that which had been written uh, before that time. All the old music would be brought back on certain radio stations and records for older people to hear. Uh, and they would, older folks would have sort of their own radio stations to hear. Uh, and the younger people, their music, as it got worse and worse, uh, would be on their stations, and he seemed to indicate that uh, one group would uh, not hear the other group's music. Older folks would just refuse to hear the uh, junk that was offered to young people, and the young people would accept the junk because it was uh, identified them as their generation and uh, helped them feel distinct from the uh, older generation. I remember at the time of thinking that would not last very long because uh, uh, even young kids wouldn't like the junk when they got a chance to hear the older music that was prettier. They would uh, gravitate toward it. Prettier, older music. Prettier, older music. I mean, gravitate towards. Okay, so (laughs) he definitely like touches in with that Elvis is the devil's music sort of vibe, right? Am Am I crazy? No, he definitely is doing that. Yeah. Uh, yep. Which I don't know. Maybe maybe that's on me for kind of coming in at such an awkward part uh, for part three here. But literally, literally, I'm just following along, and this is maybe a 35 page transcription, uh, which I can get you a copy of if you want to go read the full thing. Um, but yeah, like a lot of a lot of the stuff they do talk about, it's like, well, you know that 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 one's kind of a given. Like I can understand that one. I don't think it's it's as nefarious in those regards because this is just one of those people where everything ends up being a conspiracy and maybe it is. Right. I mean, maybe who's to, who's to say is wrong. <laughs> right. Uh, it's just, it, it really comes from this like very staunch, hardcore, fundamental conservative, uh, Catholic background. Um, I just, you know, this is maybe not <laughs> the most attention grabbing section, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, where are we at now? More entertainment as a tool. Uh, entertainment as a tool to change the young. I mean, that's one hell of a title, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's part one. But uh, unfortunately, uh, he was right to get used to this junk, and that's all they want. Uh, a lot of them can't uh, stand really pretty music. He went on to say the music would carry uh, a message to the young, and uh, nobody would even know the message was there. They just uh, think it was loud music. 
rage on behalf of the machine. <laughs> okay, that that one was reaching, I guess. I mean, it's definitely on to something. Like, I, it's hard to ignore all these things because people are constantly programmed and desensitized and conditioned to accept this and reject that. Oh yeah. Um, I, I mean, dude, I'll send you, I'll send you a fucking lot of sheep out here. (laughs) The the whole thing, like to sit there and listen to it. It's, I mean, it kind of just goes on and on. It's, it's four fucking hours long. Um, so I'm doing my best. There's actually a section that I just fucked up clipping. So we're going to have to read part of it. Uh, but this is going to wrap up entertainment. I think maybe. Yeah. Uh Oh, why'd you stop? Well, I gotta go digging for it because my player stopped working. Oh shit! Okay. Help me fill the gap. No dead air. <laughs> Damn, you're doing so good too. One of these days, one of these days, we're gonna have a show without any uh, technical errors, and it's gonna be so good. Entertainment as a tool. There we go. This uh, aspect was sort of summarized with a notion that uh, entertainment would be a tool to influence young people. Won't change the older people they're already set in their ways. Uh, but the changes would be all aimed at the young who are in their formative years and the older generation would be passing. Not only could you not change them, but they're relatively unimportant anyhow. Once they live out their lives and are gone, the younger generation being formed are the ones that uh, would be important for the future in the 21st century. He also indicated all the old movies would be brought back again, and uh, I remember on hearing that, uh, through my mind ran quickly the memories of a number of old movies that uh, uh, I wondered if they would be included, the ones that I thought I would like to see again. Along with bringing back old music and old movies for uh, older people, there were other privileges that also would be accorded to older folks. Uh, um, Free transportation, uh, breaks on uh, purchases, uh, discounts, uh, tax discounts, uh, a number of privileges just because they were older. And uh, this was uh, stated to be sort of a reward for the generation which had uh, grown up through the Depression and uh, had survived the rigors of World War II. They had deserved it and they were going to be rewarded with all these goodies. And the bringing back of the good old music and the good old movies was going to uh, help ease them through their final years in comfort. Uh, Then the presentation began to get rather grim because once that generation passed, and that would be in the late 80s and the early 90s, where we are now, uh, most of that group would be gone. And then gradually uh, things would tighten up and the tightening up would be accelerated. The old movies and old songs would be withdrawn. The gentler entertainment would be withdrawn. So he's talking about bringing back old movies, right? Old old songs. Mm Mm-hmm. And the only way that I assumed I could take it was obviously the rampant production of remakes of movies from the 80s, 70s, 60s, so on and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. Safe bets, if you will. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, you know, it's, you know, it's game over when they uh, finally do Back to the Future, right? Oh, yeah. Easily. I mean, it pretty much was when they did Ghostbusters. Like, that was disrespectful enough. <laughs> Oh, that's that's an episode in and of itself. Indubitably. 
but I mean, they might they might get a redemption shot with the new one. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, they didn't even catch any fucking ghosts. They caught one. They caught one and they got out. Mm-hmm. And then they punched all the other ones. It was a very shitty script. <laughs> Whoever wrote that, I'm sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> shitty remakes are part of the new world order's plan, right? It's gotta uh, be. But yeah, I guess uh, what they were really talking about at the time. I mean, the, I guess the cons. I, well, I'm I'm sure remakes have been kind of prevalent, uh, but not to the degree of like the 2000s. But he must just be talking about something like Turner Classic Movies of the 80s or oldie stations. Maybe yeah, the like idea John of like, Wayne shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or class, you know, fucking it's 98.7 in classic rock FM. <laughs> or, um, so that about does it for entertainment. Uh, travel restrictions. Um, it's always fun. Yeah. And Adam Curry yesterday for No Agenda had a, a good, good, decent rant about potential forced vaccinations for traveling abroad to go visit his daughter in the Netherlands and vice versa. Um, it, it sounds like the EU is going to go pretty hard on locking down on people trying to move about without having some sort of fucking, um, connection to a biosecurity fucking network. I don't know how else to describe it, whether it be a fucking forced vaccination some sort of track, uh, not not even a tracking app, just the app. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really bad over there, I think. Um, but let's see what he says about that. Travel, instead of being easy for old folks, uh, travel then would become very restricted. People would need permission to travel, and they would need a good reason to travel. If you didn't have a good reason for your travel, uh, you would not be allowed to travel. Everyone would need ID. Uh, this would at first be an ID card you would carry on your person and you must show when you're asked for it. Uh, it was already planned uh, that later on some sort of device would be uh, developed to be implanted under the skin that would be coded specifically to identify the individual. This would eliminate the possibility of a false ID and also eliminate the possibility of people saying, well, I lost my ID. Uh, the difficulty about the skin implanted ID was stated to be getting material that would stay in or under the skin without causing a foreign body reaction whereby the body would reject it uh, or cause infection and uh, that this would uh, have to be material uh, on which information could be recorded and retrieved by some sort of scanner while it was not rejected by the body. Silicone uh, was mentioned. Uh, Silicone uh, at that time uh, was thought to be well tolerated. It was used to augment breasts. Women who felt their breasts were too small would get silicone implants. Uh, I guess that still goes on. In any event, silicone was seen at that time as the promising material to do both, to be retained in the body without rejection and to be able to retain information retrievable by electronic means it's crystals man it's fucking it's quartz it's crazy shit i mean 
they figured out yeah. their problem. Yeah, they just uh, merely experimenting on how, which direction to take it in. Well, they they didn't have to do the skin implant. They fucking <laughs> you got your uh, your apples and your androids, apples yeah, and, apples to androids. <laughs> Uh, but no, seriously, like just Freedom how robots. how much fucking just how much everything tracks you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's yeah, they're quite hard to very hard to be an independent thinker <laughs> unless you cut away from everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's uh seems my time to go fuck off to the woods. Right. I don't even know Still. if you can do that anymore. Is that Let's allowed? just go hike the Appalachian Trail for a couple of years. Uh, I would do that. Mm-hmm. That's on my list, actually. I would, yeah, I would call Ross. I would fuck, yeah, bring Ross. <laughs> I would, I would fuck that. I would fuck that good. <laughs> okay, this is a conversation for off the air because, oh my god, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I am the hype. <laughs> uh, food control. Did we just talk about fucking Bill Gates buying up all that land? Yep. All right. Food. Uh, food supply would come under tight control. Uh, if population growth didn't slow down, food shortages could be created uh, in a hurry and people would realize the dangers of overpopulation. Uh, ultimately, uh, whether the population slows down or not, though, the food supply is to be brought under centralized control so that uh, people would have enough to be well nourished, but they would not have enough to support any fugitive from the new system. In other words, if you had a friend or relative who didn't sign on, uh, and growing one's own food would be outlawed. This would be uh, done under some sort of pretext. In the beginning, I mentioned there were two purposes for everything. One, the ostensible purpose, and two, the real purpose. And uh, an ostensible purpose here would be that uh, growing your own vegetables was unsafe, it would spread disease, or something like that. So the acceptable idea was uh, to protect the uh, uh, consumer, but the real idea is to limit the food supply and food, growing your own food would be illegal. And if you persist in illegal activities like growing food, then you're a criminal. Now now would be the time to pull out clips from the first episode of RFK Jr.'s podcast where they're talking about fucking Bill Gates working with people that have the fucking genetic code to certain crop that's immune to their pesticides and their fucking bug killer sprays. And only their crops will survive being sprayed with their fucking pesticides. <laughs> and then they clamp down on anybody else because they can, they just let everybody else spray their shit with their pesticides. It's crazy. That, that, yep, that, it, the government says you're getting high on your own supply and now you have to go. <laughs> I mean, I, if, if anything, like the, the two things I really want you to check out for next week is this episode with RFK, which I don't have any clips, sadly. And the MoFax one, like they they really kind of surmise like two, two fucking hearts of these, uh, of these topics for tonight. Um, Something that comes out of the blue is weather control. Okay. Uh, there was a mention then of weather, W-A-T-H-E-R. 
This was another uh, really striking statement. He said, we can or soon will be able to control the weather. He said, I'm not merely referring to dropping iodide crystals into clouds to precipitate rain, rain that's already there, but real control. And uh, weather was uh, seen as uh, a weapon of war, a weapon of uh, influencing public policy. You could make rain or withhold rain in order to uh, influence certain areas uh, and bring them under your control. Um, one, there were two sides to this that were kind of striking. He said, on the one hand, you can make drought during the growing season uh, so that nothing will grow. And on the other hand, you can make for very heavy rains during the harvest seasons so that the fields are too muddy to bring in the harvest. And indeed, one might be able to do both. There was no statement how this would be done that was stated that it was either already possible or very, very close to being possible. Damn. There is a video. I hope it's this one. Nope, maybe it's not. Uh, <laughs> there's a specific one that it makes me remember, and it's of Prince. Dreamer first. Tell me about Dreamer. Oh, well, um, when I saw the uh, State of the Black Union, Dick Gregory uh, really moved me and a lot of my friends. I show it to everybody who comes over the house, especially white folks, because they need to hear that. This is you know, this is so four and a half minutes. I might scrub a little through because he talks about chemtrails. What he said. Did you know? Did you know Prince talks about chemtrails? I had no idea. Oh, dude, he he was totally into it. Body was fighting. Uh, so once he, because uh, I forget what church he had joined. Um, he had found spirituality, and I forget which organization. Uh, but he comes out in public, and you know, um. When I found out there were eight presidents before George Washington, I wanted to smack somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to know why I was taught otherwise. Just tell me the whole story. I'll fill in the blanks. But don't, you know, don't tell me something that you think I'm supposed to know. I'll have it for next week. Got a little too excited there. Um, where were we? Oh, um, politics. Uh, politics. He said that... <clears throat> Very few people really know how government really works, something to the effect that elected officials are influenced in ways that they don't even realize and they carry out plans that have been made for them. And they think that they are authors of the plans, but actually they are manipulated in ways that they don't understand. It was a very yeah. short section, actually. <laughs> uh, after that is knowing how people respond and making them do what you want. People can carry in their minds and act upon two contradictory ideas at the same time, provided these uh, two contradictory ideas are kept far enough apart. And the other one, uh, the other statement is, you, know, uh, you can know pretty well how rational people are going to respond to certain circumstances or to certain information that they encounter. So to determine the response you want, you need only control the kind of data or information uh, that they are presented or the kinds of circumstances they're in. And being rational people, they'll do what you want them to do. They may not fully understand what they're doing or why. You know pretty well how rational people are going to respond to certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. It's fucking Zucker cuck. Zucker fuck. Zucker, <laughs> Zucker fucker. 
I saw somewhere, maybe it was a fucking Photoshop job. I hope so. But they had put Zuckerberg's face on a pillow for like a throw pillow Mm -hmm. on their couch. But it was of his Android face, you know, before he stopped being human Zuckerberg. (laughs) God. Uh I know you don't uh, usually check out No Agenda, but something John C. Dvorak has fucking nailed home uh, for these past couple of episodes is doctored evidence, um, not only in like legal proceedings, but also of the scientific community. Mm-hmm. Um, he's laid out uh, some pretty good arguments, I'd say, uh, especially like things that relate to COVID and whatnot. But this is they actually have a section falsified scientific research somewhere in this connection then uh, was a statement admitting that some scientific research data could be and indeed has been falsified in order to bring about desired results and uh, here it was uh, said uh, people don't ask the right questions Uh, some people are too trusting now, this was an interesting statement because the speaker and the audience all being doctors of medicine and supposedly very objectively, dispassionately scientific, and science being the be-all and end-all, well, to falsify data, scientific research data, in that uh, setting is like blasphemy in the church. You just don't do that. I might actually send that to fucking JCD. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, well, no, I mean, it's one of the other things that I skip for tonight and we'll have it for next week, but just a little teaser. Um, I have an article about the, uh, a, a, a fucking study that was done that wasn't able to reproduce the results from a bunch of other studies, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) There, there's a bunch of fucking errors. They couldn't do it. They, it was, uh, unreproducible. Um, well, we'll we'll touch on that, uh, next time. Uh, we got some terrorism up next. So a lot of the shits, it, it, it is super dark and super depressing. And last time I was reading out a bunch of it instead of having the clips and it just gets to this point where it's like, Man, everything that you have to say about how they have decided how, quote, they'll control every fucking nuanced thing, it it's pretty fucking depressing. <laughs> uh, but this is a terrorism part one. There was a discussion of terrorism. Uh, terrorism would be uh, used widely in Europe and other parts of the world. Uh, terrorism that at that time was felt would uh, not be necessary in the United States. It possibly could become necessary if the United States uh, did not move uh, rapidly enough into accepting the system. Um, But at least in the foreseeable future, it was not planned. Along with this came a little bit of a scolding that Americans have had it uh, too good anyway. And uh, just a little bit of terrorism would help convince Americans that the world uh, indeed is a dangerous place or can be if we don't uh, relinquish control to the proper authorities. It's got Building 7 written all over it, man. <laughs> yeah, it's very uh, good. What, what year was this interview done again? 1988. Yeah, wow. 
Yeah, was I, the the first WTC bombing didn't even happen yet, right? Because that was in the nineties. So. Yeah, it was definitely no Unabomber at that point either. I don't remember. Um, next is a four clip series. It's a uh, financial uh, control one, two, three, and four. Um, I like this. <laughs> Inflation is infinite. <laughs> <laughs> We can go wherever we want. <laughs> we can do anything we want. We can go about it any way that we want. Holy shit, I didn't even know the Unabomber is still alive. Uh, yeah, still in prison. 78 years old. <laughs> Professor Kaczynski. Yeah, there. I mm. thought there for a minute that he was going to be a guest on Joe Rogan's uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might as well get him and uh, Charles Manson or whoever else is still alive out there. <laughs> See that one? That one would be a little harder because Manson's uh, Manson's dead there. Oh yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, but this is a uh, financial control part one. One statement was uh, inflation is uh, infinite. You can put an infinite number of zeros after any number and put the decimal points wherever you want. Uh, this is an indication that inflation is a tool of controllers. Uh, money was would become predominantly credit. It was already already money is primarily a credit thing, but uh, uh, exchange of uh, money would be uh, not cash or, or palpable things, but uh, elo- electronic credit signals. Uh, people would carry money only in very small amounts for things like chewing gum and candy bars, just pocket sorts of things. Any purchase of uh, any significant amount would be done electronically. Do it all through your fucking silicon implant now. <laughs> it's in your pocket, not your skin, but that's besides the point. It's already on your phone. Yeah, and I think at the time, uh, credit cards weren't all that popular either, but uh, Dr. Day, the guy this dude's talking about, is like, oh, yeah, credit cards, it's going to be the newest type, you know, debit. You can uh, pull money directly from your bank account. Like, it's no no problem. Uh, I forgot where that last one ended off, but here's two. Earnings uh, would be electronically entered into your account. It, or there would be a single banking system. It may have the appearance of being more than one, but ultimately, it basically, it would be one single banking system. So that uh, when you got paid, your pay would be entered for you into your account balance. And then when you purchased anything uh, at the point of purchase, it would be deducted, be deducted from your account balance, and you would actually carry nothing with you. Also, uh, computer records can be kept of whatever it was you purchased, so that if you were purchasing too much of uh, any particular item, uh, somebody, uh, some official wanted to know what you were doing with your money, they could uh, go back and review your purchases and determine uh, what it was you were buying. I wasn't... uh, Cookies. Wait, what? Cookies. They could determine what you were buying. It's like cookies. (laughs) <laughs> and now every page has one and it's it's still like they're going to do the same thing but they're just going to tell you that they're doing it and you're still going to I don't know how to turn off cookies on the fucking on the on the phone 
Uh, that's a. Uh, I think you go to your settings. You could do that. Maybe I'm just a fucking asshole and dumb. That's probably. Yeah. <laughs> You're one Google search away from doing it. It's definitely possible. This is no time or place to be bitching about something like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Inappropriate. Uh, part. I mean, it's. I I don't know what uh people's banking systems were like in the 1980s. Um, I used checks for a while in college. Yeah, uh, I remember that. Just <laughs> <laughs> to give me shit about it. <laughs> like, what century are you in? <laughs> so he, I guess he definitely nailed that part. Indubitably. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, let's well, see. I imagine in the 80s, you could write fraudulent checks like it was your job and get whatever the hell you wanted back then, that's for sure. <laughs> right. Oh, you remember when uh, the Dine and Dash for uh, gas stations was a big thing? Mm-mm. No, I actually don't, but I, I do know, I don't know what a Diamond Dash is, but... Oh, it's just the not paying for your gasoline right. in the 2000s. So you could just pump it before and then go pay. Right. Yeah, that was always stupid shit. <laughs> but I guess they didn't have the technology to do it the other way for so long. Um, let's see. Uh, and obviously after two, what do we have but three? The ability to save would be greatly curtailed. Uh, people would just not be able to save uh, any considerable degree of wealth. Uh, there was some statement of recognition that wealth represents power and uh wealth in the hands of uh, a lot of uh, people uh, is not good for the the, uh, people in charge so that uh, if you save too much uh, you might be taxed Uh, the more you save the higher the rate of tax on your savings so your savings really could never get very far and also if you began to show a pattern of saving too much uh, you might have your pay cut people would say well you're saving instead of spending you really don't need all that money but uh, basically the idea being to prevent people from accumulating any uh, wealth which might have long range uh, disruptive influence on the system it's kind of a terrifying thought it's like oh you saved too much money so we're going to have to curtail your pay there a bit bud right yep just always moving the meter to keep you where we need you yep raise that goalpost a little higher there Mm mm-hmm uh, this one, I find this section particularly disturbing. So let's just fucking finish this one. Oh, that one doesn't work either. Oh no. I need stall music. <laughs> oh no. Here we go. People would be encouraged to, uh, use credit, uh, to borrow, uh, and then also be encouraged to, uh, uh also be encouraged to renege on their debt so that they would uh, destroy their own credit. And the idea here is that, uh, again, if you're too stupid to handle credit wisely, uh, this gives the authorities the chance to uh, come down hard on you once you've overshot your credit. Jeebus. Yeah. Yeah, credit wasn't even invented until the late 1980s, so we're literally the guinea pigs for it. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, the other interesting thing is they don't really talk about school debt all that much in this presentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, if at all, uh, I don't seem to recall anything about it. Well, I mean, it, I guess in their defense, like the whole ramping up of school debt didn't really start until probably around the time of this interview in the eighties and nineties, really. 
Right. Well, I guess more in the sense of because education was definitely still affordable in the eighties. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, surveillance implants and televisions that watch you. We did that mm-hmm. episode with uh, Sir Seat Sitter on abs and a six pack. The fucking uh, blue beam shit, right? Yeah, yeah, we definitely did. Uh, there was there was parts of it where we were going into patents that that was like those fucking uh, telescreens from 1984. It was a two way TV. Sit there and watch you in some pulsating patterns, uh, like a blue wash of white light that would sit there and fucking brainwash people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this section's a little more at my alley of stuff. I, I like, I like fucking with this, you know, yeah. big brother's watching you and he's fucking bored. So the next step would be the single card. And then the next step would be to replace the single card with a skin implant. Uh, the single card could, uh, be lost or stolen, give rise to problems, uh, could be exchanged with somebody else to confuse identity uh, the skin implant, on the other hand, uh, would be uh, not losable or counterfeitable or transferable to another person. So you and your accounts would be identified without uh, any possibility of error. Mm. Is that something out of Gattaca? I still haven't seen it. You see, oh, wow, really? You never saw Gattaca yet? Uh, it's it's similar to that. Well, Gattaca is really just down to your DNA. There's no implants or anything. It's literally just your DNA. And they basically, on a scale of 0 to 100%, like if you're in a 90 percentile, oh, you've got great genes. And that's how they pretty much judge you on anything from your job to um, pretty much to, to your whole identity. Like gotcha. uh, people, like if you kiss someone, she'll, she'll go get her lip swab and she'll determine if you're a suitable a suitable genetic person to procreate with. <laughs> well, it, it but it's still like undeniably verifying that it's that person though, right? Like Yeah, absolutely. It's it, it's very because in this society they call it a uh, a, a borrowed ladder when you t- uh, take on someone else's identity to, uh, you know, uh enrich yourself. Gotcha. Mhm. Um yeah, I, I don't I don't really know about the skin implant idea. I think there's going to be a trendier way to sell it, at least in our generation. Mm-hmm. There's still the transhumanistic agenda on the table where they fully implement AI and technology into a silicon based life form, whether we merge with robots or robots merge with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess, uh, I guess we have no choice but to entertain his ideas on these implants because he passed away in the early two thousands, I believe it was, but okay. this is a surveillance part two. There was some mention also of implants uh, that would lend themselves to surveillance by providing radio signals. Uh, this could be under the skin or a dental implant uh, put in like a filling uh, so that uh, either fugitives or uh, possibly every citizen could be identified by a certain frequency from his uh, personal transmitter and could be located at any time or in any place by any authority who wanted to find him. This would be particularly useful if somebody uh, broke out of prison. There was more discussion of uh, personal surveillance. Uh, One thing was said, uh, you'll be watching television and somebody will be watching you at the same time at a central monitoring station. 
uh, television sets would have a device to enable this. The TV set would not have to be on in order for this to be operative. That's a, that's a fucking smart TV right there. That is. Hey, Alexa. <laughs> Tell that FBI creep he's a creep. <laughs> <laughs> This is a bit of a stretch. Uh, this next one's a little bit longer. Um, let's see. Cable TV, replace antenna TV, uh, interacting with your TV order. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, but this is the last of the surveillance. Uh, also, the television set can be used to monitor what you are watching. People uh, can tell what you're watching on the TV and how you're reacting to what you're watching. Uh, and uh, you would not know that you were being... Was that like a, a Twitch reference right there? Yeah, it sort of is. Or like, uh, what, what was Jim Carrey's movie? Um, Truman Show? Yeah, yeah. I want to take it. So, sort of like that, but uh, in reverse, though. Hmm. Like, we're, all tru- we're all Truman in front of the television. <laughs> Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on my channel. <laughs> uh, and, and in case I don't see you, good day, good... Good day, good morning, and good night. <laughs> oh, I like that. You should learn to say it in like French or something. You can be real suave about it. Yeah, I need to do that in Espanol. Oh. Since I'm on Duolingo now. I want to take it back just a little bit because I want to hear it again. Reacting to what you're watching. Uh, and uh, you would not know that you were being watched while you were watching your television. I missed it. Uh, how would we get people to accept these things into their homes? Well, people would buy them when they buy their own television. They won't know that they're on there at first. Uh, this was uh, described as being by uh, what we now know as cable TV to replace antenna TV. When you buy TV set, this monitor would uh, just be a part of the set, and most people uh, would not have enough knowledge of electronics to know it's there in the beginning and then the uh, the cable would be the means of carrying the surveillance uh, message to the monitor by the time uh, people found out uh, that this monitoring was going on they would also be already very dependent upon television for a number of things uh, just the way people are dependent on the telephone today one Thing the television would be used for would be purchases you wouldn't have to leave your home to purchase you just turn on your tv and there would be a way of interacting with the television uh, channel to the store that you wanted to purchase and you could flip the switch from uh, place to place to choose a refrigerator or clothing uh, this would be both convenient but at all also would make you dependent on the television so that the built-in monitor something you could not uh, do without. There was some discussion of audio monitors too, uh, just in case uh, the authorities wanted to hear what was going on and in rooms other than where the television monitor was. And uh, in regard to this uh, statement was made, any wire going into your house, for example, your your telephone wire could be used this way. There's actually an uh, an episode of Grimerica that I was listening to today. It was a uh, security installation expert that they had on their Outlaw channel. <clears throat> and they're talking about 
uh, China listening in on cables. I didn't have time to pull the clip, but it's out there. Um, yeah, I'm fucking Amazon. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Amazon. Everywhere. Yeah, it's Amazon. I mean, most of this, he he's definitely got a fucking pretty good grasp on what's going to happen. Some of it, it seems fairly obvious that's the way that it's going to end up going. Um, but something like, you know, everything's going to be ordered through the TV. No, everything's going to be ordered through your phone. But just like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this uh, silicon implant, it's not going to be an implant. It's going to be your phone. Um, this dude's just talking about a fucking iPhone. <laughs> Very much, huh? Uh, uh, This next clip, this is Control of War. This is probably my one of my most favorite quotes from this. But now there are technological means uh, for the individual and governments to control over population. So uh, in this regard, war is obsolete. It's no longer needed. And then it's, uh, again, it's obsolete because nuclear weapons uh, could destroy the whole universe. Uh, war, once w- war, which once was controllable, uh, could get out of control. And so for these two reasons, it's now obsolete. War is obsolete. We don't have to do it no more. We can just control the people, maintain their numbers. Don't have to do shit like World War II no more. We got the Cold War for yeah it's crazy man all this shit it's a, it's a lot i need to i need to listen to this uh closer um i'll get the link from you obviously later on but this is like some like 2001 space odyssey type shit <laughs> yeah it's uh he he makes several very sound fucking statements um this this leaves us at one two three four five six seven uh we got seven more you you want to plow through them we yeah, can, let's do it. We can kind of put the lid on this for the time being. Um, well, it's up to you. Uh, what do you got work in the morning? I do, but fuck it. <laughs> I mean, it's up to you, man. I don't want to keep you up either. I'd you know rather me, I could go do to work this. whenever I want. I want okay. to do this. Let's do it. I want to make this my job, <laughs> but in a fun way. Indeed. Um, so that yeah, was Control of War. Uh, oh, homeowners. Privately owned housing would become a thing of the past. Uh, cost of housing uh, and financing housing would gradually be made so high that uh, most people can afford it. People who already owned their houses would be allowed to keep them. But as years go by, it would be more and more difficult for young people to buy a house. Young people would more and more become renters, particularly in apartments or condominiums. More and more uh, unsold houses would stand vacant. Uh, People just couldn't buy them. Uh, But the cost of housing would not come down. You'd right away think, well, the vacant house, the price will come down, people will buy it. But there was some statement that, uh, to the effect that the price would be held high, even though there was uh, many of them available, so that free marketplaces would not operate. People would not be able to buy these, and gradually more and more the population would be forced into small apartments, small apartments which would not accommodate very many children. Then as the number of real homeowners uh, diminished, uh, they would become a minority. I definitely cut some of these in a, in a weird place, like mid-sentence. Mid, mid-sentence. I shouldn't have done it like that. Shouldn't have did it. Uh, the next one's pretty short. It's only 40 seconds. 
Ultimately, people would be assigned where they would live, and it would be common to have non-family members living with you, just by way of your not knowing just how far you could trust anybody. Um, this would all be under the control of a central housing authority. Have this in mind in 1990 when the census comes out and they ask how many bedrooms in your house, how many bathrooms in your house, do you have a finished game room? This information really is personal and of no uh, national interest to a government under our existing constitution. But you'll be asked those questions and uh, decide how you want to respond to them. Have you ever Damn. been? Yeah. Have you ever been asked any questions like that for a census? Uh, nope. Not that I really remember. Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> I mean, it's it's as easy as uh. Every everyday normal people getting forced out of the fucking housing market and that shit collapsing and them making a huge payday off of it. Enough said there, I feel like. Um, this next one should be pretty good. I've labeled it uh, Taste the Boot. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember what it when is. When the new system takes over, uh, people will be expected to sign uh, allegiance to it indicating they don't have any reservations or holding back to the old system. There just won't be any room, he said, for people who won't go along. We can't have such people cluttering up the place, so such people would be taken to special places. And here I don't remember the exact words, but the uh, inference I drew was that at these special places where they were taken, uh, then they would uh, not live very long. He may have said something like disposed of humanely, but I don't remember very precisely uh, just the impression that uh, the uh, system was not going to support them when they would not go along with the system. That would leave death as the only alternative. Somewhere in this vein, he said uh, there would not be any martyrs. Uh, when I first heard that, I thought he meant that people would not be killed, but... Uh, as the presentation developed, uh, what he meant was uh, they would not be killed in such a way or disposed of in such a way that they could serve as inspiration to other people the way martyrs do. <laughs> it's kind of a terrifying thought. It's, there are no martyrs. There is no inspiration. There's no heroes to look up. That's yeah, fucking deep. We haven't reached that point by any means. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely an interesting, uh, quote unquote, mind fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next section, it's pretty self-explanatory. People will just disappear. Uh, this is coming into the wrap up um, for tape two. Um, there's a bunch of quotes because uh, tape three is an interview between Randy and Lawrence. But. I didn't. I, well, a I didn't have time, and b it's it's pretty pretty shitty stuff to listen to, um, mm -hmm. just in quality. But uh, I, I do have one quote that I was able to get out of there. But uh, we'll um, we'll kind of bring this to a close here with uh, people disappear. One people will just disappear. Just a few additional items, sort of uh, thrown in here at the end, which I feel to include uh, where they belong more appropriately. One, uh, the bringing in of the new system, he said, probably would occur on a weekend in the winter. Everything would shut down on Friday evening and uh, Monday morning when everybody wakened, there would be an announcement made that the uh, new system was in place. 
during the process of getting the United States ready for these changes, um, he commented everybody would be busier with less leisure time and less opportunity for people to really look about and see what was going on around them. Also, there would be more changes, uh, more difficult to keep up as far as one's investments. Investment instruments would be changing policies, interest rates changing, so that it would be a difficult job just to keep up with what you had already earned. Interesting about automobiles, there would it would look as though there were many, many varieties of automobiles, but when you looked very closely, uh, there would be great duplication. It would be made to look different with chrome and uh, wheel covers and this sort of thing, but looking closely, uh, one would see that the uh, same automobile was made by more than one manufacturer. I don't really have any opinions on that last bit as far as cars looking the same outside of uh, chrome fittings. Yeah, yeah, I don't really have much on that one either. Yeah, kind of. It, it it gets a little anticlimactic, honestly. Um, there's a couple of decent quotes, but again, that that whole interview section is really hard to listen to. Um, mm-hmm. But this is the last one of uh, New Order of Barbarians. I'm hurrying here because I'm near the end of the tape, and let me just summarize by saying to hear all of these things said by one individual at one time in one place uh, relating to so many different uh, human endeavors and then to look and see how many of these actually came about that is changes accomplished between then and now and the things which are planned uh, for the future I think there's uh, no denying that uh, this is controlled and there is indeed a conspiracy question then becomes what to do and I think uh, first off we must put our faith in God and pray and ask for his guidance and secondly I think do what we can to inform other individuals uh, as much as possible as much as they may be interested some people just don't care because they're preoccupied with uh, uh, getting along in their own personal endeavors but as much as possible I think we should try to inform other people who may be interested and again put our faith and trust in God and pray constantly for his guidance and for the courage to accept what we may be facing in the near future rather than accept peace and justice which we hear so much now it's a cliche uh, let's insist on liberty and justice for all liberty and justice for all a man and a woman. <laughs> uh, this is a just a quick little blurb from the interview. In the beginning of the presentation, I don't know whether I mentioned this on the, uh, at the introduction of the first tape or not, but somewhere in the beginning of this, he said, you will forget most or much of what I'm going to tell you tonight. You will forget. You will you forget. <laughs> You will forget. You will forget. And that's that. Um, I do have a quick little article here from Gumshoe News. Coronavirus fulfillment of six of Dr. Richard Day's predictions. And there's a quick little recap section that we're going to do a hot read of. Number one, 
Let's terminate the elderly in a nice way. In parentheses, we say a virus will kill off the inmates of nursing homes as the oldies have dangerous political memories. In parentheses. Number two, let's bring in the new financial system all at once. Maybe a snowy winter weekend. In parentheses, we say they will do it after a lockdown is in place and may be enforced with a cashlessness. In parentheses. Number three. Let's make a central control of all food. That way, there can be no deviant individuals as we selectively starve them. In parentheses, we say they are getting all food outlets to participate in limiting the goods available and to see if anyone is helping to feed a deviant friend. In parentheses, also, and in quotes, what about the toilet paper? But I added that last little bit there. Mm -hmm. Because it it was way more toilet paper than anything. (laughs) Uh, number four, let's insist that everyone sign his or her agreement with a new way of life. We say we are making laws such as social distancing and lawbreakers can be arrested as non-signers. The good become the baddies and once arrested can be disappeared. Uh, number five, let's get the queen, uh, the queen, the cleanup moving quickly. Even if that requires us to drop a nuclear bomb on our own countrymen, citizens will soon see that having a whole group of rebels around them is bad for them. We say the rulers have at hand disease bombs. People will notice, even if only subconsciously, that it's being used reactively on selected political enemy groups, so we'll start to conform rather than be doomed. Uh, Number six, finally, let's put the control of dwellings into centralized hands and ask strangers to live together. We say one's home is the basis for self-confidence. Taking that away... Will suit the masters. Also, one needs the moral support of like mind, like minded, who can be trusted, not strangers. That makes no sense out of context. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to revisit this one. I forgot this. I forgot about this at the last second. This is from uh, part one. I thought maybe it'd be a little more conclusive of everything, but it has failed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that uh, that wraps it up. Well, I guess. Uh... I guess that's all we got for today. That was a good one, though. Yeah. Really, uh, it did a good. Was that almost three hours? It is. Uh, once mm-hmm. I edit it down, it's going to be like eh, two forty, two forty-five, maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. Oh, I got playout music for us. Do it. I'm really liking this album a lot. Sputnik Booster. That was uh, all of New Order of Barbarians. You like that? The uh, full video is linked several times over in all the show notes at some point. It's fucked up, man. (laughs) At the end of the day, it's, it's all I can really say about it. Do you want to oh. do you want do you want a little teaser for what I got planned for next week? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm thinking I'm thinking X Club. Are you familiar with X Club? I am literally googling it right now. Uh, so one Aldous Huxley of Brave New Order fame uh, had a, a granddaddy that formed this fucking science of the uh, fucking 
near-to-do club order thing in high society Victorian times. And they went on to found, like, fucking Nature magazine. Mm-hmm. But there's a point in New Order of Barbarians where they're talking to, like, uh, Dr. Richard Day taught at Columbia, uh, Columbia University. In that same episode, I think it was the first one, there's a clip from Primerica Outlawed where they're talking about uh, this sort of, like, Fabian socialist society coming from... The, uh, coming from Europe and starting to teach at places like Columbia University. So there's a th- there's a thread. There's a fucking thread that we've latched onto, dude. Mm-hmm. X Club. Uh, but yeah, come and check us out behind the schemes.com, SCH3M3S. Follow us on. Follow us. Don't follow, follow us. Do follow us. Don't follow us. Social Sesame at Behind the Schemes. SCH3 and 3S. You can email us. (laughs) What is it? (laughs) Behind the Schemes. schemes. At Proton Mail. That is. That is uh, Proton Mail. Man, it's been a minute since I've had uh, some, some Miller Lights for the show starting to catch up now <laughs> uh but yeah i hope everybody enjoyed themselves tonight thank you for listening goodbye y'all just gonna let it go for like a couple seconds get some proper fade out stuff all right